Let me tell you why I chose Anchor to host my podcast. First, it's free. It's one of the few hosts I found that really is free. They have all the tools that you need. You can make your podcast on a computer, or you can download their free app and make edits and uploads straight from your phone. So, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, I say download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Earlier today in Washington, D.C., another career politician said something really, really stupid. Officials are concerned that ignorance and stupidity has blatantly crossed party lines and unfortunately has made its way to those appointed by elected officials as well. You don't say. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. You have just entered Liberty Lighthouse, where we cut through the fog with common sense logic. Coming to you from Pennsylvania, the state of independence, here he is. U.S. Navy veteran, author of the book, Progress, Really? And your freedom-loving host, Peter Serafine. Welcome to Liberty Lighthouse. I am the keeper of the Liberty Lighthouse, your beacon of common sense, your wiki, if you will, Peter Serafine. I urge you to join this conversation by calling 64-MY-RIGHTS, that's 646-974-4487, And go to liberty-lighthouse.com, sign up to be a member. Now, let's start the show. We're here today. I have a few things that I want to talk about, and, well, really only two. Uh, Last week, the Liberty Lighthouse episode was about the laws being proposed in Virginia that are a threat to the liberties of the people of Virginia. And I talked about the gun laws that, of course, had huge protests, And we also talked about a whole bunch of voting laws. And I've seen some reports recently, as early as recently as today even, that uh, the state Senate in Virginia has turned down several of these laws. So that's definitely a good thing. Um, The other topic that I want to talk about today is the state of us. I'm hoping that I'm not going to talk about it in the same ways of, you've heard everybody else say, the same things that you've heard everybody else saying. So, first and foremost, I think it's important that we acknowledge that it was a good speech. President Trump is good when he stays on script. Um, when he's, what Twitter Trump, off script, um, shooting off, uh, from the hip and off the cuff, uh, he's a little scary sometimes. But when he's on a teleprompter and staying on script, he does a good speech. He's also a TV guy. So he did a lot of the reaching out and uh, grabbing people out of the audience stuff that really gave you a nice warm feeling. Um, the the un- uniting of uh, the servicemen and his family, the uh, the Tuskegee Airmen, that actually brought a tear to my eye. Um I have been to hundreds of funerals as as uh, members of honor guards and buried veterans in several states, actually. And the only time a funeral has ever made me cry that wasn't one of my own family members was the funeral of one of the Tuskegee Airmen. So uh, having that reference again during the State of the Union of another Tuskegee Airman, um, that, that actually was heartwarming to me and made made me get a little teary-eyed. 
Um, what I really wanted to talk about wasn't Nancy Pelosi tearing the, the speech up afterwards. Uh, it's kind of funny is um, the constitutional requirement from the State of the Union is the president has to basically file a report. Um, it used to be done as a letter to, to Congress, and then uh, now it's normally done as a speech. Uh, another thing I appreciated about President Trump, President Trump's speech was the brevity of it. Um, sometimes the State of the Unions can go on for hours and hours and hours. Uh, anyway, the constitutional requirement is a report. So the, the speech that he handed her, uh, Nancy Pelosi, and handed to uh, uh, Mike Pence, that is the official conclusion of the constitutionally required State of the Union. So for Nancy to tear it up is, you know, technically it's a crime. It's it's a, a legal document that should have been filed in the archives. So for her to tear it up the day before an impeachment vote, hey, wait, maybe that's it. Maybe she was demonstrating uh, impeachable conduct before the uh, the impeachment vote the following day. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help myself there. Um, what I wanted to talk about really in, in the world of the State of the Union address was the things that Donald Trump didn't say. The first half or so, the first 25 minutes of the State of the Union address did a great job of actually talking about the State of the Union, the things that we've accomplished, or the things that he's accomplished, which he was quick to point out, it was him, um, and, and the direction that we're heading. All good stuff for a State of the Union address. What I didn't hear and what I have not heard in decades from a president or a presidential candidate for that matter is the conservative value of shrinking government and limiting debt and paying back our debt, which would be fabulous. If you are a listener of the Liberty Lighthouse and you listen back a few episodes ago, I talked about the failing budget process, the complete budget failures in our country, and the $23 trillion debt that we have now, and how I really believe that that is probably the biggest threat to our country. Not China, not Russia, not Ukraine, not a president who abuses his power. Debt. And it is bipartisan. It does not matter what party is in the White House. It's debt. $23 trillion works out to be $70,000 per person in our country. And as I pointed out in that episode about the failed budget process, $70,000 is more than I owe on my own house. My portion of the federal budget, the federal deficit, is more than I own on my own house. Now, I'm a fiscally responsible guy. I do the twice a month mortgage payments or you know every two weeks rather than once a month. I put extra money on my mortgages at the end of every pay period before right before I get my next paycheck. Whatever I've got left in my checking account gets thrown at my mortgage. I want to pay off my mortgage as quickly as possible. Our national debt at $23 trillion is a 500 billion dollar, right? Yeah, 500 billion dollar interest only payment. That's a half a trillion dollars a year 
in interest that's not getting us any anything anywhere. It's not paying down the debt at all. It's just interest. It's the fastest growing portion of our of our budget. And it's going to be the downfall of our nation. Sooner or later, something is going to be ha- is going to happen, and we are not going to be able to pay that half a trillion dollar payment. And whoever owns these debts are going to call it in. This should be of huge concern to our president, and it has not been of concern to a president. Well, I I can't remember the last one. Was it Reagan? Maybe Clinton? I I don't know. It's not a concern. They don't talk about it because they don't do it. Donald Trump is not a conservative. He has some conservative values. He does some things that conservatives like, but he is not a conservative. If he were a conservative, that budget would be way higher on his list. And I thought it interesting that he stood in the State of the Union, stood in the House chamber during the State of the Union, and asked for more money. He asked for money for specific funding for specific programs. He asked for different programs to be started and continued, and this and that. He kept asking money. He asked for the House and the Senate, the, the Congress, for more money for these things. And never, in the entire speech, made any reference to our federal debt. That, to me, was a big fail. He's done a lot of good things. He's trying really hard to keep his his promises to his constituents, his voters. But that's one that he's not working on at all. And as a, a conservative, it worries me that this president is falling in line, just like all of the other presidents, and not addressing dire need for fiscal restraints on our government. Now, fiscal restraints have been brought up in several episodes of Liberty Lighthouse. I've also mentioned that probably the only way we're ever going to see them is through the Convention of States project. It's the only way we're going to get uh, Congress to restrain itself is to force them to do it. They're, They're just too used to spending. And they spend our money and our children's money and our grandchildren's money, and they just keep spending, and they don't really have a plan to pay it back. I don't think they even want to pay it back. They don't think they care. Um, maybe the theory is, as long as we've got the largest, most powerful military in the world, nobody would ever try to put us on austerity measures. Maybe, I don't know. Like, it's crazy to me that we have this debt and making no effort to pay it off. So that's my thing about the State of the Union. Um, Like most of the people I heard on the radio, President Trump gave a great speech. He did a very, whoever his speech writer was, was brilliant. They they timed it all out well. They talked about all the successes. Um, A lot of people have pointed out, and I certainly noticed, that Nancy Pelosi and most of the Democrats refused to stand up and applaud for all of the successes at the beginning of the speech. They didn't applaud for the lowest unemployment records or the the lowest black unemployment or the lowest Hispanic unemployment or the lowest female unemployment. They didn't applaud for any of those things. 
They didn't applaud for the, the booming economy. They didn't applaud for the record stock markets. These are all good things to America, no matter who you are, no matter what party you belong to, these are good things. Later in the speech, President Trump did, or as his speechwriters did, they, they went a little into the more divisive topics, the more party-line topics. And as expected, you know, I don't expect the, opposed, the opposition party, whichever party that may be, to applaud party-line issues. But something that is just obviously good for the nation, for example, low unemployment, should be applauded by everybody in that room. Everybody in that building should stand up and cheer at the lowest unemployment ever. That's good for America. When President Trump moved on to health care, okay, you're a Democrat. He's picking on the idea of socialized medicine. You don't like the fact that he's picking on socialized medicine? Don't applaud that. That's a party-line thing. When you get to the Tuskegee Airmen, applaud again. Because that was a man who, in 1943, joined the Army, flew fighter planes for our nation, knowing that after the war he was going to come back to our nation that was still suffering from segregation. He knew that, and he still fought for us. So that was something definitely worth applauding. I heard a lot of people saying they didn't applaud anything. That's not true. They did do some. Uh, and then, of course, the tearing of the speech at the end was, uh, that's been the talk of the week, really. Uh, so many people saying about it's a crime, uh, about the, the fines for, for uh, damage to federal government property. And then, of course, the, the silly things like, Pictures of this, you know, cartoons of the State of the Union with with Nancy Pelosi as as uh, Cruella Deville or something like that. Like there's, it was just childish and immature. And if the Democrats are trying to say that President Trump is childish and immature because of his Twitter feed, then maybe the Democrats probably should have tried to avoid looking childish and immature themselves and tried to be the adults in the room. And if, if uh, that State of the Union address was the Democrats trying to be the adults in the room, they have some serious problems, and therefore we as Americans have some serious problems. Anyway, I think that's about all I have for tonight. You know, every other week I do fuller episodes, and in the middle I try to do follow-ups to comments from the previous episodes. So last week was about the gun laws and the voting laws and the safe space in public school laws all being proposed in Virginia. The only update I really have for that is several of those laws have been defeated by the Virginia Senate. Good for them. Hope they keep, they keep defeating them because they have a hundred different bills on voting alone pending in Virginia. And a hundred bills on voting cannot be good for voting rights. So, anyway, call 64 My Rights uh, to reach the Liberty Lighthouse. Uh, use your messages on uh, episodes of the podcast. And until next time, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. 
Thank you for listening to the Liberty Lighthouse podcast. Be sure to sign up at liberty-lighthouse.com to download my free ebook from the file shares page. Don't forget, call 64 My Rights with your questions, comments, and concerns for the show. That's 646-974-4487. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about the Liberty Lighthouse. Whatever platform you're listening from, subscribe, rate, leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.